Welcome back to this week's episode of the SeaTown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that the whole purpose of the podcast is really to support the community uh, through uh, sharing the stories of business owners and community leaders uh, in the Seattle area, uh, specifically West Seattle has been my focus right now because that's where I, I work and live and a lot of businesses that I, I focus on. Um, as we head into December, you know, we're heading from, from Thanksgiving into Christmas. I really want to emphasize the work that some nonprofits are doing uh, around the Seattle area as they uh, love and support the community and the people of the community. Uh, so December, that's going to be my focus, is interviewing some, uh, some nonprofits. Uh, and then in January, probably get back into uh, talking to uh, some, some business leaders uh, and business owners. Well, today I'm joined by Nancy Woodland, the executive director of Westside Baby. Thank you for joining me today, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. Now, for uh, anyone in our in our audience who uh, isn't familiar with with Westside Baby, maybe you could give a little background on, on uh, what they do uh, as far as you know serving the community and kind of what their mission is. Sure. So Westside Baby partners with the community to collect and distribute essential items for local kids. So we are the source of car seats and cribs and clothing and safety equipment um, in addition to to cribs that are keeping kids um, safe, warm, and dry. And we do that with the community because most of the items that we give out are gently used things and they um, are then passed out through partner agencies. So we work with 127 local social service agencies and those are the men and women who I think are doing the really hard work to help families that are struggling. So they are public health nurses and social workers, case managers, who are working to lift people out of poverty and to help them um, get past the challenges that they're facing. So our items reach families through that channel and everything is free. Um, and But those workers will be the ones that will help a family order the items from us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 127 social service agencies, that's, that's a lot. How, how, is that kind of a logistical nightmare coordinating all that? Or you guys have a pretty, pretty smooth system for... Well, um, it's, it's a logistical challenge, definitely okay. not a nightmare. Okay. It's one of those great things about Westside Baby that has improved and grown over the past 10 years. Ten, we've been in existence for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that happens for a nonprofit, just like any other business, is you scale your systems um, as you grow. And for us, the motivation is the, the better we are with our efficiencies, the more children we can serve. Mm-hmm. And the more families who are trying to pass off their things um, can reach us as well. So um, logistically, we have a, um, a highly technical ordering system mm-hmm. that um, technical in the back end, very easy in the front end. Sure. Um, and those social workers will end up going in and placing orders for families. And then we have um, on any given week, at least 50 volunteers that are in that are regulars that are doing sorting and filling of orders. And so they each have jobs and they do those um, kinds of jobs, execute those. Um, and so logistically, it's just a matter of bringing the orders in, getting the orders filled, and then passing them back out. Sure. So um, that's all very simple and yet somewhat complicated. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why we exist, because we do it really well. And we make it so that there is this really easy connection between those who need items and those who are finished with them in their own households. Sure. That's great. Um, I mean, you mentioned the, the West Side Baby is 16 years old. How long have you been involved with them? I've been lucky enough to be there for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, and, and how did you get in, involved with that? What's kind of your background? What's your story a little bit? I have a law degree. I graduated from Loyola University in the first child advocacy legal program um, that existed in a law school. And um, through that, I practiced law doing child abuse and neglect cases uh, in the state of Washington through the state attorney general's office for four years. So my background is all about um, child advocacy. And through that, I could kind of see what happens in neglect situations. A lot of times, it's not that parents don't want to care for their children. It's that they can't. They don't have the simple tools like a diaper to make sure that a child is healthy mm-hmm. and, um, or to make sure that that parent can work. Yeah. All of those things tied together. So through that, I kind of had this foundation. And then I um, joined the board of directors of Westside Baby in 2005. And by 2006, I became the executive director, um, taking over for a wonderful woman named Donna Pierce, who had the vision and dream to get it launched five years before that. Okay. So, I mean, having been there 10 years now, uh, have you you seen quite a bit of uh, change in, you know, how things are run or how how things are done there? Yes. So over over the 10 years, the biggest changes have been things. We've grown our staff. So when I started, we had two part-time staff members. I was one of them. I came in and sat at a card table and we took the garbage home at the end of the day, mm-hmm. which is a great way for a nonprofit to start. And um, what's really happened is we, our whole culture, our spirit at Westside Baby is to be open to opportunities and to be ready to jump when um, something happens that will allow us to serve more kids. Mm-hmm. And so over the 10 years, that's happened a lot. And that's one of the, I, I call it the magic of Westside Baby, mm-hmm. where we say something out loud and suddenly it, it happens. Um, so we've, we've expanded our spaces, we've expanded our um, expertise, and we've, we've got a lot of people that are sitting in the right seat on the bus. Okay. So between staff and volunteers and our board members, um, I'm really fortunate. And so, yes, w- uh, things have changed in that we've, we've just kind of scaled the systems and we've, I'm constantly open to ways that we can be more efficient. Um, because I mentioned we want to serve as many children as we can because every one of those children matter. <laughs> but we also want to make sure that we can take um, the interest and the excitement of the community and, um, and make it beneficial to those donors and those supporters and volunteers mm-hmm. um, as a great experience, as well as making sure that that experience leads right into something that actually matters sure. a lot. So all of that has happened, um, but a lot of it is just that sort of spirit of being open to, you know, what can we do better? Yeah. Uh, how, how are you, I guess, how, how's the normal flow work, I guess, of, you know, you've got, uh, I assume you probably have, you know, Fundraising, you have donors, people volunteering, uh, you know, probably pretty lean, you know, paid staff. Uh, how does all that come together? I mean, as far as the are the regular rhythms of people serving and then raising money, and uh, how's all that look? Yeah. So, kind of, how does it how does it all come together? Yeah. So, um, we have a diagram. It's a big circle, and it's kind of easy, but it's. The donations are coming in because families are clearing out their houses and they care Mm -hmm. and they make the effort to to come to our drop sites and drop the items off. Within our facility, we have staff members that coordinate the systems and they help communicate with the volunteers, but those staff members then are just making sure that everything is set up to be easy for and and fun Mm -hmm. for people to be a part of. Um, I'm going in a circle with my hand because that's kind of how it works. The items come in and we have within that coming in process, there's various levels of expertise involved and who handles things. So we have a first sort and a second sort Mm -hmm. and a third sort and each one of those levels, um, 
is making sure that the items are um, in good enough quality and great shape so that they're um, things that kids should have on and, sure. and, and can keep them warm and, and, and looking good at school and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this circle, those things happen and then the volunteer jobs get even um, more complicated and more difficult, but they're not that hard. You get to be a personal shopper and go and fill orders. So every one of the orders is um, created by a social worker or a case manager, as I mentioned, but they're attached to a particular child. Mm -hmm. So this morning um, I was supervising a group of awesome seventh graders from St. Joseph's School, and they were um, working in our facility, and and someone picked up an order and read off the order just as they were learning about how things worked, and it was for a 12-month-old little girl and that little girl needed a crib mattress and we didn't have one in the space that we were working in and we're closed on Fridays in our central branch mm-hmm. and as that day went on somebody knocked on the door halfway through the day and walked in with a crib mattress mm-hmm. and that's one of those things that's part of our magic mm-hmm. because and I said to this young lady who's the seventh grader that you know you said it out loud and look what happened sure. so it's a roundabout way of saying that the items come in because um, Everything sort of ends up working itself out. And then, but when I started, we probably had six regular volunteers, and now there's 50 every week. And we, so staff has grown and space has grown. And then the flip side is those orders are all packaged up, and then the social workers and public health nurses come and pick them up and deliver them to the families in need. Mm -hmm. So that's a process that's kind of the tail end of how everything ends up reaching the the kids in the community okay. and they'll we will reach at least 500 children every week and um and that is because those systems are all scaling right um but i think the most important part is the community support because we don't exist without if any one of those things falls apart then it doesn't work yeah. and in my 10 years and i think even since we've launched they've never fallen apart because the community it's just it works sure. really well um you asked me about fundraising also mm-hmm. And Westside Baby is entirely based on our fundraising activities. So in all of the kids that we serve are being served because we pay the rent, we pay our staff, um, and we are lean about that process, but we also understand it's a business, mm-hmm. and I need quality staff members, and people need living wages, and right. so it's fair. Um, but we are supported, by, 77% of all of our activities are supported by regular people, mm-hmm. individuals. And then there's a, a percentage of corporate and foundation support that, that makes up the, the rest of the 100%. Mm-hmm. But it's usually a little surprising to people that a nonprofit of our size and our impact is really running based on the goodness and the generosity of just other people in the community that want to sure. help. Used to be part of a group you know, with our, our church that we'd come in, uh, help fill orders and stuff. And it was really awesome to tell, not how smoothly it, it went, but it like, it just, was a great community activity to be able to know, you know, you're doing something good. You know, we had our group there, but then there'd be other individuals or other groups that are helping at the same time. And uh, it just made a big impact on me. Like not only do we, can we, you know, volunteer with our time, but also be part of this, this bigger, this bigger thing that's, you know, reaching a lot of uh, kids in need. It's wonderful. Well, and you mentioned your church group coming in, and that is one of the great things. When we ha- we can have all different kinds of groups come in, mm-hmm. so we can have moms groups that are doing a like a moms night out, and we have seventh grade groups from you know local schools, and um, 
any one of those groups can come in and have an experience, I hope, like the one you just described, where you're doing something fun, you're with your own um, groups of people that sometimes you know and sometimes you don't know well. So you're doing your own team building, your own um, fellowship um, in a space where you're also making something else happen. And so sometimes that makes it nice because it's it's even less pressure. Um, The kids that I was supervising this morning who were volunteering together, it was hilarious. The girls and the boys were having conversations about, so what do you guys talk about at lunchtime? And what do you talk about at lunchtime? <laughs> all while they're bundling diapers. Yeah. Because they, you, know, you don't always cross all those lines sure. when you're in the lunchroom at school. And I think that's the same in corporate offices mm-hmm. and it's the same in, in churches. Yeah. Yeah, it's often quite fun to listen to the conversations too. Yeah. And are you connected now with Trinity? Yeah. We've been lucky enough that they've just adopted us as a mission partner, which means that they're going to send volunteer groups and they have been. Um, they'll support us a little bit financially, which is also great because that's where we are able to purchase diapers and, and also, you know, help fill the gaps there. And then, um, they may end up even being a collection site so that, um, items that are no longer needed in families can, can, families' homes can come to Westside Baby. So there's opportunities for all of those things. And then what we can provide in those volunteer opportunities are places for small groups or home groups to come, mm-hmm. or just anyone. It can just be the night for the church where sure. people are coming in. Our model is so simple that we can, we can adjust it to meet the needs of particular groups. Um, St. John's School that is over in, um, I think the Wallingford, Green Lake, it's Green Lake area. Okay. That school is, um, taking you know they have some collections within their church and they've been a part of west side baby's legacy for years um, a really wonderful part um but they also have collections in their school and their sixth graders are using it as their focus group for the year which means that they are coming and volunteering regularly they are promoting drives so they're making posters and they're collecting things but they're doing it on a really personal level so that they're asking us exactly what we need at certain times And then some parents are getting involved, so they're even doing drive-by drop-off days, so that the parents are right outside with vans, and during drop-off, the you know other parents can just hand over the things. Okay. So it, it allows the efficiency factor to to multiply. Yeah. And the best part is when those conversations are initiated in a, um, I guess, but back and forth, so that we can say this is what we really need, and then we can listen and say what do you really need. And I bet we can make that all mesh together. Yeah. Um, very few people leave Westside Baby and say, wow, that was a wasted day. Right. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't really happen. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. Um, that's great to hear there's other organizations and churches and stuff partnering. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I just always assumed, you know, living here in West Seattle, that, that it was kind of a, you know, most people in West Seattle or Burien, you know, White Center would know about it. But uh, how, I guess how far out do, do those partnerships go as far as people coming in to serve or partnering with Westside Baby? Well, within Western King County, the answer is the farther the better. So we're serving 35,000 kids in this county, and it's all on the western side, um, far south into cities like Auburn and Renton, and then um, just a little bit at the tail or the top end of Seattle. So in order for us to serve that way, we need the support to stretch exactly that way. And Westside Baby started in West Seattle, and so we're really lucky we have this amazing... um, foundation here Mm -hmm. but we need other people to know about what we're doing and and that's the only way that we're going to be able to continue to scale and scaling what we're doing is reaching more kids Um, and so we really do want to make sure that all the way up and down um, the the King County western side Mm -hmm. people really know exactly who we are Um, 
and we're, we have efforts in process to kind of make that happen. But the one that's happening next week, uh, we'll, we have, we'll have billboards up for the first time ever. Okay. I don't know why billboards are so fun, but they're fun. Yeah. And um, the only reason that's happening is the new local outdoor advertising company, Lamar, is, has a great nonprofit program. Okay. All it took was a phone call, and they're treating us just like any other business, and we're going to have really fantastic billboards up in mm, four different awesome. places. Yeah. So um, things like a podcast where I can, you know, the story can go farther are mm. great, and then places where people can see us matter. Sure. And then my obligation is to make sure the drop sites spread across the county as well mm. so that it's really easy for people to donate items and that our even our online donation button has to work so that it, it sure. all kind of fits so that it's easy for people to participate. Okay. Um, because billboards are so much fun, where can people look out for those? Do you know the specific locations? Yes. There'll be one in Ballard at um, on 15th. There'll be one in Capitol Hill, I think on Madison. There's one in Rainier Beach, Rainier Valley area. I don't remember the road. And then there will be one in West Seattle on Delridge. Okay. What do you love most about what you do at Westside Baby? It's my favorite question. So I, I landed in this job, my absolute dream job, mm -hmm. completely accidentally. Um, though I wouldn't have described it in college that what I want to do is run a nonprofit. I did know I wanted to help children. Mm -hmm. And um, I, love, I love the synchronicity of how all the pieces fit together. I love that the volunteers and the staff members are happy you know, you, it, when they're not happy, it's because we can't do enough. So a volunteer who can't fill all the items in an order because we don't have the items to give out. Yeah. That's the moment when someone's unhappy, but that's the kind of unhappy that promotes action, right? So um, overall, it's a, it's a fun place to work. It's a great place to um, spend your time because you know you're doing something that matters. Mm -hmm. And then on a personal level, I really like... Um, creating new systems and I like to learn something new all the time in the way that we've grown. I mean, I have, I mean, I went to law school, but I didn't learn how to do accounting and how to set up websites and how to sure. um, deal with dumpsters and garbage and, you know, these things that are um, even, even like renovating buildings and things like that. We've mm -hmm. moved a few times. And so all of that, um, they've all been areas of expertise that I've had to know just enough about in order to kind of make it happen. Sure. Um, but it's also a job where I no longer have to do all of it. I can, I can share cause I've got really talented supporters and staff members. Um, but I do get to, to know enough to, um, seek opportunities and then to bring in vendors and, and people that are smarter than me in yeah. various ways. And that's also really fun. So kind of listening to to what you're saying about the, the challenges of you know running a small business and it wasn't really what you probably thought you know you were going to do uh, <laughs> yeah. with your life you know but it sounds like the challenges there's a lot of overlap lots of there's just with being an entrepreneur starting your own business you know you start off as one person who has to do everything and then as you grow and you scale you, you can start uh, you know hiring certain things for people who uh, are maybe more qualified than you know uh, ourselves to do specific tasks so um, so I think that's kind of interesting because I've never even worked in the nonprofit world um, so I don't really know how that works but it sounds like there's a lot of lot of similarities there are a lot of similarities because we do have to operate it like a business we mm -hmm. really do we still need you know um, technical services and IT and 
all of it still needs your, to work for our systems. Our, yeah, if our website doesn't work, right. you know, nobody who's trying to find things is going to say, oh, right, you know, it costs this much to run that. Mm-hmm. So we, we really do have to um, be responsible business partners for everyone. Uh, the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit is an interesting one because I'm not a creator. I'm not a starter. Um, Donna was the starter of Westside Baby, and there's a lot of people that I think are gifted in starting things. I think I can take something and, and recognize the strengths of it and grow those strengths. So sure. Westside Baby has exactly the same mission that we had when it started, mm-hmm. which is to collect and distribute essential items for children. And we don't then also provide social work ourselves. And we don't do direct service so that we have to be able to answer um, immediate needs that way. And um, we make those choices because our business model works. And um, and it's it's kind of, I think it's the right thing to do. And I think in the community, sometimes there's this impression that as a nonprofit, you have to stay small and you have to be really scrappy. And sometimes when I say that I'm an employee and I'm not a volunteer, people look a little bit surprised at that. Hmm. But, you know, I've been there for 10 years. I work there full time. Sure. You do need to have employees that are, um, that you know are going to show up every day. And, um, sure. and our yeah. volunteers do show up all the time, but it's a little different dynamic. Right. And I'm not in. I don't apologize for that. I'm actually proud of that yeah. because it is our job to um, do everything that we can. And being scrappy is a, um, I like to say Westside Baby is scrappy, but I don't say that we're necessarily, um, we are thrifty, but we we want to make sure that, you know, it's not efficient for me to take the garbage home every night, even though we could not pay the garbage bill. But right. that's not a good use of my time right. because I can be doing other things that, that are a little bit um, more impactful. And so I think that in the nonprofit world, we're really trying to um, educate people on what it takes to, to make it happen. Um, and that, you know, we do have to pay the same bills that right. everybody else pays. Um, we pay sales tax, we pay rent. And so, um, we're lucky enough to get a lot of discounts on things in our capacity, mm-hmm. but we still have those entrepreneurial sort of things to keep in mind. Sure. Um, the hard part about my job is that we just don't have enough. We can't fill all the need. Yeah. So um, a couple of examples, we're filling 47% of our requests for car seats. Mm-hmm. You know, car seats save lives. It's a real thing. It's not, um, it's not a made up fun story they actually really do um, have a life or death impact and so 43% of the kids in this county are riding around without a proper car seat or their parents can't leave in a car ever which is a problem as well Um, diapers we're filling we're filling a lot of orders for diapers we'll give out one and a quarter million disposable diapers this year but if we diapered all the kids in King County living below the federal poverty line that are diapering age, that number is 22 million diapers. And so that gap is a huge gap. We're filling about 1 20th of the need. Um, and we need to do more. And as much as that's difficult, the difficult part of a job, it's also the inspiring part of a job because I there's a lot for us to do. Mm-hmm. And yet it doesn't feel like we'll never get there. Our growth has been, um, exponential in the last 10 years and um, we're excited and proud of that and that's why we're sustainable Mm -hmm. but we've got to do more.
other challenges that I can throw out just as well. So not having enough items is one challenge. The other challenge is having too much of some things. And so, um, and, and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad. Too much of things that are fantastic is a challenge because we have to address it. So if a semi-truck shows up and they have a load of strollers to drop off for us and we weren't expecting them and we don't have a place to put them and we don't have a warehouse that has enough room, that's a challenge, but that's a good problem to have. So there's those. Um, the flip side of that challenge are the things that we have too much of that we don't want, like um, items that are donated that are dirty and broken and awful. Um, and so, you know, I just put a really moldy stroller into a dumpster this morning. Yeah. And so those are problems that aren't very fun. Um, and then I think the last thing is one of those, it's an interesting problem. I have, my staff is so talented and so dedicated that they, they really want to work so hard all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing, but I also want them to take care of themselves and and so sometimes we have to just slow things down so that everybody doesn't keep um, spinning. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's okay to take a breather. And yeah. To, to yeah. recognize that sometimes um, <clears throat> the best we can do is enough because sure. it's certainly more than being done without us. Sure. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's important. I mean, one of the, you know, so I mean, being a member of Trinity West Seattle, you probably guessed, you know, I'm a Christian. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I remember one of the more, impactful things that the one of my mentors said you know a long time ago uh kind of in that you know, i think it's a similar conversation like there's always more need than there's available you know help and uh the kind of broad perspective of uh you know when jesus was here on earth you know doing what he was doing he could have helped more people he mm -hmm. could have done more but he also understood like you know doing what you can that's humanly possible is enough you don't have to feel bad that you you know you didn't exhaust yourself to you know uh, to the point where you're not effective anymore you can't help Ex other people you know exactly and I think um, I think that's a great example too it's also the example of um, meeting need where it is instead of deciding what the need is mm -hmm. so one of the things that Westside Baby is dedicated to is making sure that we're equitable in the way we distribute things and that we're giving people um, not what we think that they need but what they actually tell us that they need sure. And um, and I think that's the same as um, really when, when Jesus stopped and listened to people um, when they said, you know, what I actually need is a healing hand or what mm -hmm. I actually need is, you know, water from the well or whatever, he, sure. that you have to listen and then do what you can to provide that right. instead of saying, actually, no, that's not what you need. Sure. And um, I think that if we did a little bit more listening that we might discover not only can we relate more to the people that need than we think we can, yeah. but that we could also help in the ways that they want us to. Sure, I think that's a great point. In, in your position, what would you say is your, your greatest strength that, that leads to the success of Westside Baby's mission? Um, my greatest strength is that I show up and I don't just mean that I show up at Westside Baby for work every day, but I, I show up to the table and I show up to the conversations um, and I show up authentically. And so I want to hear if there's a way for us to do something better or differently. I want to hear if there's a way for me to do something better or differently. Mm -hmm. And that is how I've um, been able to take my the inst instinctual sort of decision-making tools that I have, which yeah. is actually where most of mine are. My gut reaction to things usually is what drives um, things. And then I have other staff members that are the analytical 
folks with, with those strengths. Yeah. And, but I think that my willingness to leap in, um, leap into something when I don't necessarily have all the information is great for what we've done because mm-hmm. it's, this is a, an industry or an area that it's really hard to imagine. Um, like it never occurred to me that we would have, you know, one and a quarter million diapers going out the, our doors when it was about 30,000 when I started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, these are things you can't always plan for. Sure. But we want to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on, on that topic, I guess, what uh, what is kind of the, the trajectory, you know, the, the goals, I guess, for, you know, where you are this year, where you want to be next year? Well, our, our growth goals are always related to serving more kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that we want to expand is the awareness throughout the county because we are serving throughout the county. Uh, we'd like to add some branches in other places, um, north and south. Mm-hmm. So, and the the branches um, are places where donations can come in, volunteers can show up and do sorting um, activities and filling of orders, and the items can go back out. So that ends up meeting the donors where they are, the volunteers where they are, and just as importantly, our provider partners where they are, because those men and women are working so hard and um, to be able to have them drive the shortest distance and serve their families is really important to us as yeah. well. Okay. Now, would that be actual like dedicated Westside Baby locations or? Okay. Right now you just have the, the um, White Center location? No, right now we actually have White Center and then we have a central branch, which okay. is at 23rd and Jackson. Okay. And if anybody who is listening to your podcast um, has connections to commercial space in the central area, let us know because we'll be moving from there sometime in the, in the spring. Okay. Um, in order to, for us to efficiently operate branches, usually we're going to be expected that we'll be moving those every couple of years. Okay. So we set them up to be mobile. Um, this particular space we've had for more than two years and it's in a space that's going to be developed. But we okay. knew that when we moved in sure. and that's why we could afford it because they were made rent affordable okay. to us. Sure. But we need another space in okay. the central district. Sounds good. Soon. We'll talk offline. I do real estate, so. <laughs> good. <laughs> there you good. Go. Um, what, what would you say the best advice you've ever received is? I think the best advice is something that I mentioned already, which is to accept that, that your, your best is good enough and, um, and then to be open to learning all the time. Where, where does the majority of, I guess, the either financial or, you know, material support come from? Is it to be kind of impromptu drop-offs or online donations or events, you know, fundraising events? Well, we do have two major fundraisers every year. The biggest one is on March 12th, um, and that is a benefit tea that we have had for 16 years. And it's a bit unique because there's 600 people in the room um, for an afternoon tea on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And there are people in the room that have been coming for all 16 years. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our financial support will arrive from that event, about a third of our operating budget. Um, and then we have another event in the fall, which is a little bit more casual. It's an evening cocktail party. And the revenue from that is, is less. And um, it's a little bit... Yeah, like I said, more casual. Yeah. But for the most part in the nonprofit world, most if you're healthy, most of your fundraising is going to be coming from relationship building and, and conversations. So for, for larger scale gifts, it's usually from people that we've talked to mm-hmm. and that have come to see our facility. So anybody that wants to donate financially to Westside Baby should feel welcome to say, hey, I want to walk around. Sure. Um, I love it when that happens because it's 
the moment when people can really see what we're talking about. I mean, you talked about the efficiency of, of filling orders and when you walked around, that's 10,000 square feet that have, are filled, um, is filled hopefully with items going out. And we look at it sometimes and feel like we just can't get it organized. And then everybody else walks in and says, I wish my basement looked like this. (laughs) Um, so the, the major donations and the best support actually comes from, um, conversations with folks and, um, but I can assure anybody that gives to SI baby that every dollar is spent really well. There's no fluff. Yeah. If you could recommend just one book to a listener, to our listeners, what would it be? My favorite book right now is the gifts of imperfection, a Brené Brown book. What's that about? It's the, um, Brene Brown talks about vulnerability a lot, but the gifts of imperfection is, is really focused on um, the reminder that you should focus on what you're good at mm-hmm. and don't worry so much about making everything perfect. Um, and I guess I, that is an, an idea that I live by. Um, and at Westside Baby, we've, we've had to do that because we've had a lot of experiences where um, all the ducks aren't lined up and we just leap and it's not sure. perfect. Sure. Um, so we're quick to say I'm sorry if we've done something a little bit um, that's gone a little awry. But um, I think it also gives us permission to forgive ourselves for not being great at everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean that for individually, that's why I like the book, that it's a, it's a lot about just be okay with who you are. Sure. It's good enough. Yeah. In closing, what, uh, if our listeners want to get involved, you know, see what you guys do, uh, hopefully give some money, maybe some other time, what's yeah. the best way to, to do that, to get a hold of you guys? So our website is westsidebaby.org. And on there you can find um, information on what we do. You can find our most needed items list, which are the material items to donate. And um, the Donate Now button is there for mm-hmm. financial gifts. During the month of December, um, through Christmas Day, all gifts of $250 or more are going to be matched by a donor. Nice. So gifts will double. And this is the first year we've ever been able to do that. We're pretty awesome. grateful to that donor for that. And, um, and then there's a volunteer section as well. And so our volunteer manager will hook people up with opportunities. They do fill up, and I'm excited that they fill up. Sure. We've got groups coming in all the time right now. Um, and so all of those things are there. Mm-hmm. The last opportunity that you'll find on the website um, is also related to doing donation drives for us. So it's taking what, um, you know, kind of what's in your own household, but you multiply it by letting your friends know. And um, I just unloaded uh, an entire cart full from a drive that happened this morning, and it was thousands of diapers and awesome. all kinds of great things. So, sure. And those are pretty easy. They shouldn't cost a person a lot of money to, sure. to do. You just, right. You're going to do it anyway. Right. Up You're having friends. a holiday party. Yeah. Ask people to bring a package of diapers. Oh, yeah. And they'll all walk in and say, wow, I didn't realize how expensive diapers were. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, they are. Cheap. That's yeah. why we need the help. Yep. Uh, I guess kind of on that note, is there um, you know, some specific, like, chronically short items that you guys can always use? Yes. We always need car seats. We always need portable cribs. And then we almost always, actually, we always need clothing for children, um, for boys particularly, that are five sizes 5 to 12. Mm-hmm. So West Side Baby serves kids um, birth all the way up through age 12. And so the larger size boy clothes are um, often in short supply. Mm-hmm. I think okay. boys are hard on their clothes. They are. I've, um, I've got a son. 
Yes, <laughs> yeah. there you go. And then clothing items overall, um, new underwear, new socks, and pajamas okay. are also often missing. Okay, great. Well, thanks for coming in, Nancy. It's been great hearing a little more about, about you and about the story of Westside Baby. Uh, kind of gets me re-motivated re to get, get re-involved with you guys. So. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Welcome. We'll be yeah. glad to have you back. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. That wraps up this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the Seatown Podcast on iTunes, as well as take a moment to rate and review my podcast and share it with your friends. If you want to hear more episodes or find out more about the podcast, you can go to the website at seatownpodcast.com. That's S-E-A hyphen townpodcast.com. I would also love to hear from you, the listener, with any suggestions or feedback you have for me or recommendations for guests to invite on the show. You can email me directly at christianharris at ctown.com. You can also find out more about me and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com, S-E-A hyphen town.com. Thanks for listening.